It's longer time. Yay! Yay. Lager Time, Poems, Stories and Thoughts, by me, Paul Cree. Who else? Meanwhile in Maidstone, I sit here writing this, pulling nails off my fingers, with the lingering taste of an unsatisfactory muffin in my mouth. Muffins are overrated like chocolate cake and what much prefer chocolate digestive the undisputed king of the uk biscuit game complete with a cup of tea i feel like a military general with his loyal attack dog by his side casually bowling onto the battlefield drinking a cup of tea just to muddle the metaphor even further someone get me a chalky digestive lively he says So what's going on? Another week done. Time is moving fast, mate. This year is almost six months old. Enough of the sentimentality, Paul. Get on with it, son. Okay, Dad. Alright, so this week's offering is hope. Sort of. It's another piece from Make Your Own Bed and Hope for the Best. Yep. So how's that connect to hope? Well... A few weeks ago, right in the introduction to that day's post, I mentioned how I've been struggling with this particular section of the show that I'm about to share. I then said last week that I'd started rewriting it, but was probably going to cut it, which was the case until Tuesday. This week, sat on the Maidstone to London Victoria train. I was out of ideas and just writing through to the end in the hope that something would present itself. For some reason, I got the urge to restart it again, slightly differently, and this time it just flowed out in a way that rarely happens, i.e. I fleshed it out fairly quickly and in a way that just feels, well, right. Like when I get up in the morning and let the dogs out into the garden, they just burst out the door. It's still scrappy, far from finished, but it's a satisfying feeling and has altered my thinking on the whole thing. I'd share what I originally wrote, so you could see where I'm coming from, but then, like school, that was probably a bit, well, boring. A little word on the form. So this whole section of the show, none of which I've shared on here as yet, is written in this sort of list poetry style. I felt it lends itself nicely to the present tense, It allows me to fill in any background information gaps whilst moving the story a bit quicker. And I enjoy saying it this way. That's the thinking anyway. So that's look you lot for now. Got an idea for a little article I want to write regarding Peep Show. That may appear on here in the next few weeks. But then again, I had this idea to write something about rap lyrics and working with kids. Started writing it and it was terrible. Not that confident with the thought sharing part of lager time as yet but you know who dares wins and all that if you like hit the subscribe had one new subscriber join the ranks last week thank you whoever you are please don't be a bot tortoise and the hair mate have a banging weekend same time next week the call center
Nothing like a slice of home-cooked humble pie. Stayed at mum and dad's for a week. A week not at work, meaning a week with no pay. But I had mum and dad to look after me. I was lucky. I swear it was meant to be the other way round, once I moved out. Wiped out of exhaustion, that's what the nurse said. And a ticking off about recreational drug use. Told me to stick to paracetamol and aspirin. Don't worry, I said. I won't be doing that again. I'll just stick to booze. That feeling of fatigue has been lingering for a few months now. Got back to Brighton. Got my nut down. Moved house again. Number four. Changed jobs again. Number four. Me and Mohammed got taken on permanently by the bank. We're junior collectors now. Makes us sound like charity workers. If only. We're call centre drones. Mercenaries. Collecting debt on loans and overdrafts. Shifts along. But I'm on a salary. 13.5 grand a year. Holiday pay, sick pay and wacky team building days out. The longer hours meant I could stop the cleaning job. And now earning slightly more. And in a house share again. My bills are slightly less. I'm living with Mick and Mick. Socially it's good. Mates come and visit. We're making music. I'm writing more lyrics than ever. Even stories and poems. The ideas never stop coming. I'm reading more, getting my eating under control. I've started running in the evenings too. But this job is pretty gruelling. Wake up, trudge out to work like there's stage weights strapped to my back. Plug in my headset, wait for the beep. Customer details snap on screen. Hello, you're through to Paul, can I take your account details please? Another debt laden customer. Sometimes I wonder how they got in this situation. Target-driven bank selling, pressurised Christmas spending, adverts telling you you're worth it, without the APR. Sky TV subscriptions, holidays and cigarettes, and liberal card spending. That's how they got me. I can normally tell within the first few words how it's going to go. Sometimes they're nice, sometimes they're friendly, sometimes they're relieved, sometimes they're desperate, sometimes they're angry. Sometimes they threaten me, keep tally every time I get called a C-U-N-T. I'm in double figures. Sometimes they're abusive, sometimes racist. Mohammed gets it a lot. They hear his accent and assume he's calling from India. And the amount of times I've been asked if I'm black. What does that even mean and why is that relevant to the call? Supposedly, all we have to do is follow the flowchart. The great magic flowchart. Every call should go the same way. Either they make a payment or make an arrangement, all done in seven minutes, so our team leaders say, bosh, that's it, as if it's all that simple. Bag one, then beep, onto the next one. When I take too long on a call, like the man that was suicidal, or the lady who was in floods of tears after getting threatening court letters, when she doesn't even bank with Lloyds, the supervisors who monitor the calls come round and passively aggressively telling me I'm taking too long on my calls, then point to the flowchart on the walls, then the league tables, next to the empty motivational messages showing my team stats, who's collected the most dough, made the most arrangements, and where I'm sat, often on the bottom, letting the team down, they tell me I'm not assertive enough. Punch out the code for the toilet. The cars on my floor has been busted for ages. Have to go up two flights of stairs. Only two traps up there and four floors of geezers, so if I need to bless it and they're engaged, I have to wait. And when I come back, Supervisor of the Year is at my desk asking why I took so long. When I can, I go to lunch with Mohammed. 
though our shifts often don't align. I miss working side by side. He's so calm. He's not fazed by this job. He tells me not to take it all to heart. There's more to life, he says. I feel guilty when I moan. He's got his wife and his baby. I can barely take care of me. I go home each night wiped out, but I try and force myself to do something. Either that or it's watch MTV pimp my ride. Maham is right. There is more to life. Waited my whole life to get cable TV. What a disappointment it is. Spend my time on it channel hopping. So much choice, yet so little worth watching. As much as it hurts my brain after those long days, I try to read a book, or write a verse, or practice some bars that I've already written. I feel I owe it to my skull. The only way I know to fight that dull feeling that's like someone slowly pulling a tired grey tarpaulin over the sky. Been in Brighton for 18 months now. Four addresses, four jobs, time's moving on. So should I. It's longer time. Yay. Yay. Lager time. Poems, stories and thoughts. By me, Paul Cree. Who else?